Yes. We had a very big weekend. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what, what did we what do this weekend? About? It was that big we forgot what we've done. That's what he, she said. Yes. They said. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Crowd pleaser. Yep. Um, <laughs> sake. Um, Friday. Friday we had off. We went to the beach. We went yes. and had a lovely coffee. We did. We finished at midday. Yeah. Um, well, I, I finished at midday. You you finished. I didn't start. You didn't, <laughs> didn't start and went to the beach. It was lovely. And a, a wonderful, um, the best ice long black I've ever had. You were saying that. At Good Brother. Shout out. Yeah. At, um, in the greatest city in the world. In the greatest city in the world. On um, at the end of King Street. Yeah. Very nice. Very good. Also a slapping oh, salami sandwich. Yeah. yeah. We walked in and it was just like. I can smell food. Oh, garlic and mm-hmm. pork. Yeah. So good. And guts and, and crap. guts. Whatever they put in salami, it's good. And then, where did we go after that? We went down to... Newcastle Beach for a swim? Yes. That was great. Yes. Um, and then we went home. Well, we did get cookies as well. Oh, we did get cookies. We went to go see... A friend's Shy. partner. Yeah. Yes, Shy. Well, we can name her. Okay. It's not that we're trying to hide their identity. <laughs> this is Doc's them and not us. <laughs> um, at Marshall and um, Co. Yes. Cookie. Next to um, the Lucky. The Lucky. Yeah. Good cookies. Very good cookies. Intense cookies. Came yep. for the protein wanted to come out. Yeah. She sent me through the macros. Oh, okay. It's a dense boy, <laughs> might I say. It is a very dense cookie. Um, that was Friday. That w- That's one. Yep, that was Friday. Saturday. Yep. Saturday, I, you had a comp. I did. I had a CrossFit. I hate saying it. CrossFit comp um, <laughs> down at BTS at Gosford. The culture crew went down. It was a lot of fun. Um my partner Hamish and I came ninth out of fifteen. I'm pretty sure, which That's is pretty awesome. cool. Pretty cool for both of yours. Second ever comp. Well, yeah, first comp together. Pretty much. That's awesome. Well, the thing was though, like the rest of them were athletes. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you looked at them and you were like, throw down at the showground. Um, it draws. A, it definitely draws a crowd. Yeah. Um, of people who have been doing that comp for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think Throwdown at the Showground might be one of the Greater Hunter region's longest running CrossFit comp. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, you know, I've done it countless times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Saturday was sick. Yeah. You did that. I went to uh, my gym's um, Christmas party, which was yes. a lot of fun. Yeah. Montage Christmas party that was mm-hmm. sick. Um, didn't end up making it home that night. <laughs> We stayed at Lachlan's. Yes. Um, thank you for your hospitality. Big Red. Um, <laughs> Big Red. Absolute legend. Uh, and yeah, Sunday was an oh, interesting then, day. Fucking hell. Then Sunday, yeah. we had a festival um, at... The Entrance. The Entrance. Whatever park it is that's right near the beach in the I Ferris It's Lane. called Foreshore Park. I hope so. Sure. It should be. Yeah. Um, um, right on the foreshore there. Yeah, and a lovely little lunch at a very cleaned up budgie boy. <laughs> little budge. Little so budge. That's, that's little yeah, budge that's on little that budge. side. Yeah. Uh, so I introduced Sebastian and the rest of them to my hometown, Budgie Boys, uh, I guess. I suppose it's the first beach town on the north side of yeah, the it would be, um, actually. sunny coast. Catherine Hill. Catherine. Oh, is that, oh, no, that's, that's still Lake, Lake Macquarie, I believe. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, no, took him to Ocean Blues. So if you're a true Central Coast person uh, and from Budgie Boy, you'd know Ocean Blues and I can't remember the other one because it's shitbox. Uh, <laughs> and you, you either chose Ocean Blues or the other one or if you were feral as, 
and I was feral as munchies. Munchies on the on the main drag. Actually, like they're I really joined. catering to their local population. Yeah. That name. <laughs> <laughs> they were good, but yeah, we had really good food there. I haven't been there for years. Um, Very and nice. It definitely, calamari. definitely um, was great. And then yeah, we went to a festival um, afterwards. We saw um, who did we see? We saw we saw. Bad Dreams. Your favourite. My favourite band in the whole wide world. Yep. Um, Shout out to Bad Dreams. Who also have a podcast. Do they? They do. It's called Hoo Ha. Oh. Um, Would have been, I thought it would have been called Nightmares. It should be. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> and then we saw Psychedelic Porn Crumpets, a band that I've been dying to see that for really years. really good. Um, incredible energy on stage. Yep. Um, followed up by Skeks. Always good. Cat Empire. They Cat Empire. Wild. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying. They're to, great. That was so good. I was They're trying great. to explain to Julian, our, our other mate, what's the band that we saw in Carrington at Young Street uh, Hotel? Here comes another shout out. Yes. To a very very talented uh, Newcastle band called SF Friends. That's it. SF Friends. Cat Empire remind me yes. somewhat of SF Friends. Yeah, they've got very similar vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, if any of you have never heard of SF Friends, you're probably not going to be able to find their music online. So come mm. to Newcastle yep. and go and see them live because yep. there is nothing like seeing a band like that in the flesh. Yeah, they were just... I remember you introducing me to them and I was just... Blown away. Mesmerised. Huh? Yeah. Wow. They're wow. such... Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> such um, talented musicians yep. um, and such a stage presence. Um, and then, yeah, Skeggs... Royal Blood. Um, and then we left. Yeah. Royal Blood would have been awesome. They were really good. I didn't really know much of their music, but I think if I listened to their music, mm. I would have really enjoyed it. It was only two-piece. Yes, they're only two-piece. Which is wild. Yeah, it's pretty um, incredible. And then we were pensioners and left before the main act of Grinspoon, which, shout out to Grinspoon, seen them a hundred times. Iconic. Iconic. Australian. Phil Janison is yeah. one of the sexiest men. He might be one of the sexiest men in the world. Yeah. On stage in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, man's got swagger so much but we're like look we're stuffed it was hot it was a warm day let's we've seen them we'll listen to them on the radio on the way home yeah let's <laughs> pretty much yeah but yeah so that was our weekend yes we've had a big one I had a four day weekend right. I, I didn't work Monday either yeah I just laid at home and felt sorry for myself <laughs> yeah, yeah I needed it fuck I needed it oh far out well look um, this is a podcast this about is a cars podcast. yeah and, and everything else that we talk about um You've bought the car this week, yeah. Uh, but if you haven't listened to Gear Knobs before, we are a car slash automotive podcast where each week Seb or I will bring a car to the podcast, um, and then the other has to guess what it is. Exactly like Fantails, but for cars. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off now with Sebby's car. Apparently, it's a good one that I'm gonna hate. It's a good one that. Um... Hated last week's. You would, yeah. No, the week before, yeah, technically. Um, it was, yeah. Well, it, chronologically in, mm. in, in uh, terms of release yep. date. Um, but yeah, you would be hard-pressed not to see one of these every day. Ooh. These vehicles are fucking everywhere. They are okay. almost a parasite of the road. Is it a Kia Rio? No, it's not. <laughs> no, that's a good off-the-back guess. Yeah. I haven't even said what year it came Just out a parasite in. Yeah. of a car, Kia Rio. So... This this specific generation of vehicle that I am talking about um, came out in 2010. So the year, well, it came out in 2011. It was released in 2010 to the public. Right. Um, the year is 2010. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption and Call of Duty Black Ops 1 Whoa, has hit the shelves. That's a throwback and a half. It, it was a big year for games. Fuck yeah. Um, Justin Bieber's smash hit Baby. <laughs> 
and B.O.B.'s song Airplanes oh, fuck ringing me. in our ears yep yeah. so <laughs> the car mm. cars I will preface this okay they are the same looking vehicle but there is two names for them and they're both here in Australia because two companies collaborated on this vehicle Oh, I got it already. What is it? It's a Holden Cruise. No. Oh, what the Very fuck? Very close. Not bad, not bad. Okay, because you... Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Um, it won't take long for you to get this, I reckon. Mm. These vehicles are a ute slash pickup. It is available as a single cab, a space cab, and a dual cab. Mm. As a 4x4 or a 4x2, like a two-wheel drive um, the space cab variants came with like small suicide rear doors. They were first unveiled to the public at the 2010 Australian International Motor Show in right. October. Ooh, but, sorry, 2010, it was released for the first time? It was released at the Motor Show late 2010. They, okay. were, they came available on the market as of 2011. But they've never existed before 2010. Uh, they have, okay. they have, but they were a different body style. But they were still the same two companies that were sharing the nameplates of these vehicles. Okay. Um, they are available with two engine options here in Australia. A 2.2 litre turbo diesel four cylinder, mm. which wasn't that common. And thank fuck, because <laughs> they were horrible. Yep. Um, and a 3.2 litre five cylinder turbo diesel engine, which was the most common engine. They either came with a six speed auto mm. or a six speed manual. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a leaf sprung rear end, an independent coil sprung front end. They could tow three and a half ton and they could carry about 1300 kilos in the rear. Same. I think it's, a, <laughs> uh, I think it's, oh, is it a Nissan? No, no. Okay. So but think along those lines of Nissan and Mercedes, where it's those two companies that have the same vehicle. Okay. I think possibly okay i'll let you keep going okay they were first produ- produced in thailand while uh, many yeah. other manufacturing facilities were set up around the world mm-hmm. to supply the global market because these vehicles are available pretty well everywhere i'm struggling to think of the com- the country that they weren't released in right um, so that indian made no they're a they're a designed in australia but they were first assembled in in thailand by a company's manufacturing plant over there. But don't get too worried about the Thailand bit. Um, the 2011 to 2015 vehicles had a sleek yet sort of angular design with a prominent flares on the front and a horizontal three-bar chrome grille. Later models oh, took yeah, a more okay. aggressive yeah, style yeah, 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 okay. um, with a larger front grille, top grille, and a smaller bottom grille. Um, in Australia, these vehicles are synonymous with tradies, mm. neck tattoos, <laughs> bintang singlets, and jet skis. <laughs> it's a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um, many are lifted beyond usefulness yep. with very interesting styled aftermarket rims and mud tires that have never seen mud. Sure. Um, they're often seen hanging around bottle-o's and pub parking lots. The other half of the owners use them to tow their excessively large caravans that are definitely over the GVM of the vehicle. Um, always doing 85k an hour everywhere on the road, apart from when they are approaching an overtaking lane mm. where they then decide to creep up to the speed limit and sit there. 
Do you have a guess at what vehicle this might be? Look, it's a Ford. It's a Ford. And I'm blanking on the actual model. I don't know why, because I know exactly which one you're talking so about. So it's a, it's a Ford dual cab. Yeah, it's a, not an Everest. No, what was the Ute version of the Everest? I'm, that's where I'm blanking on. What the fuck? Are, oh, the Ranger. The, the Ranger. Ford, the Ford Ranger. The Ford that's Ranger it. and the Mazda BT-50. Oh, I thought it was, oh, okay. The, the, the PX... The PX2 and the PX3, which were from 2011. I hate the Mazda BT50. They're both shit. Look, <laughs> they're both. Wouldn't you rather horrible. afford over a Mazda BT50 though? I work on them too much to like them. Either. Either of them. Which one? Because they prefer. I think I'd say I'd rather the, say I'm a the Ford. Ford came out with better trim levels. Yes. Because you had like the Wild Track. Yes. And you also had the Ford Ranger Raptor. Yes. Which was. Personally, actually, a pretty cool idea. I yeah, like what yeah. they did with yeah. that. Um, but yeah. Why? Why? Because I work on them all too often. CVT? No, no. They've got to actually... To Ford's... And actually, it's not even to Ford's credit. <laughs> Ford did amazing things. And I mean amazing. Quote, unquote. Very, very sarcastically. Seb's using his fingers. I'm using my fingers here. Ooh. Um... <laughs> So, the five-cylinder turbo diesel engine that came out in the Rangers and the B250s, the most common engine, mm. was originally a Volvo Penta engine, designed by Volvo for light-duty, medium-duty trucks, trucks, oh. whatever the fuck you want to put it in, really. Yeah. Ford said, hey, I like that idea. It makes a lot of torque. Um, let's put it in a car. Okay. So, they put it in the Ranger, mm. the BT50, yep. and the Everest. And somehow they managed to completely fuck everything up. <laughs> everything. From the injectors, the computers, which the glow just, plugs. Which is interesting everything. because Ford, look, even though I bag on Ford, it's renowned for being they're, a good brand. Yeah, they've made some amazing vehicles. Yes. They've also made a lot of really shit vehicles. A Falcon. Mm, that falls in the, uh, shit. the earlier category. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just managed to fuck everything up like the injectors have a really common problem where they uh they freeze in the open position right and turbo diesel injectors these days on like a, a common rail system which is what they use um they have a habit of sticking open mm. and these injectors operate at a pressure of around 55 to 72 thousand psi holy moly an incredible amount of pressure yeah um purely designed to just like atomize the fuel instantly um when something is stuck open like that mm. spraying that much fuel in when it's not getting combusted it will drill a hole you're right straight through the fucking piston yep um, so engine often done. engine done yeah yep. often that's what happens with them um there's always as a mechanic whenever you scan a bt50 or ford ranger there is always glow plug faults, mm -hmm. um, which help the engine to warm up in cold starting conditions. Yeah. So it doesn't rattle tat tat and make horrible emissions and shit. Um, they're always fucked. Um, the six speed transmission, the auto that they used in them, mm. is originally a BMW ZF transmission. Um, a really, really good transmission. So it's a, an amalgamation of a Mazda, Ford, and BMW. They took all of the best bits they could get on the market, put them in one car, yeah. and fucked all of it. <laughs> so they bought the licensing to this transmission, 
Yeah. Um, and build it themselves. Yeah. And proceeded to put a thermostat in the transmission. Okay. So that, because despite them being, yet again, quotation marks, designed for Australia, why the fuck do they need an oil heater when our median temperature is like 23, 24 yeah. degrees? Was, it doesn't make sense, does it? Like it No. Just, and the fact that they were designed, you say that they were designed to try it. It's funnily enough, uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the Nissan Navara slash Mercedes, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, on the same episode of the Grand Tour... Uh, uh, Hammond had the um, wild track. Yes. And he was like, I fucking love it. It's great. But it's designed in Australia and built in Europe. Yeah. And then shipped over to Australia and then re, I guess, rejigged, rejigged yeah. to fit our roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are right. Like, you do see them towing these massive cars or absolutely oh, beefed yeah. up. And it just, it's, it's not designed to do that, I feel. It says that it can do it. Right. But just because it says that you can do it doesn't mean you, you should. should. No. no. Look, yeah, that's... yeah. Like, I work in an automatic transmission shop. Yeah. I see these cars near on daily. Yeah. With all of these manner of problems with the transmissions because they've got like an adaptive learning process that right. when you drive them for the first 200 kilometers, it learns how you're driving it mm-hmm. and will adapt to the shifts and... Um, the shift points for that style of driving. Okay. Which is a great idea. Yeah. Until you are towing and then not towing and towing and not towing. And it confuses the fuck out of the say, computer. It confuses the fuck out of the computer. Confuses it, it like, to no end. And then you end up with huge valve body problems, solenoid problems. Like it's just a nightmare. So would it confuse it to the point where you might not be towing something, but it thinks you're towing something. 100%. And then it's just like, and then it'll oh, what the bang fuck? into a gear because it's expecting to have all this load behind it that right. it doesn't. And then you get punched in the back of the head by the seat rest. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible thing. So, I wonder why it failed so miserably mechanically wise, because it's the same. I'm assuming were fairly good. Like They're you see everywhere. them everywhere, the BT50 yeah. especially, um, as well as the yeah the Ford. I mean, you probably see a bit, a few more Mazdas over Ford, maybe. Yeah, I suppose it depends where you live. Um, I think they were kind of priced at um, different levels, I suppose. Right. Like I feel like the Mazda BT50 was more of an affordable entry than a lot of the Fords were because sure. you had like the. The XLT. Yeah, as you're saying, wild the wild track, track or the Raptor. With, yeah. Oh, the Raptor's bigger though, isn't it? The Raptor is a wider vehicle. Right. Um, with a turbocharged engine and all yeah. that stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, the Ranger Raptor still only came out with the turbo diesel engine. They didn't right. put any hotted up petrol engine in there or anything. Okay. Um, until way later and they started getting like the pure Raptors here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really quite disappointing because the Ford Ranger, the Mazda BJ50, has everything at its disposable to like, disposal. Well, it's two to of the biggest be, companies yeah, in the world absolutely. manufacturing this vehicle. Yeah, and they've been manufacturing vehicles together for a very long period yes, of time. They have all the they Rangers the before Mazda. What is it? The three two the three, five two, Mazda, three. Yeah, and then the Ford Focus. Yep. 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 Um, and like you can open the hood of a Mazda. And open the hood of a like a Fiesta or a Focus or something. Yeah. They're sharing the same engines and they're sharing the same transmissions and a lot of the suspension componentry you will see physically stamped Fomoco, Ford Motor Company. You're right. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's just a shame with the BT-50 and the Ranger that it is so shit. Because, yeah, it had literally everything available yeah. to it to yeah. be one of the best dual cards that you could buy. Yeah. And arguably, they are until they shit the bed. Until they shit the bed. But that was, as I, as we said in a previous episode, that was the same with the Nissan and Mercedes. Two of the biggest companies, best companies in the world. Mm. Shitbox. Yeah. Um, I think the only company that can pride itself on a proper ute, it has to be Toyota. It's Yeah, Toyota... You could you could say Mitsubishi, depending on what you're doing with your Triton. Righto. Sure, it's not as, I suppose, heavy-duty. None of them are heavy-duty. They're all light-duty vehicles by classification. Yes. Um, but, you know, like if you're just using the Triton as a, a weekender yeah. to throw two dirt bikes on a trailer on the back of and go camping in the bush with your yeah. mates, then that vehicle is going to do everything you need it to. Actually, you know who's the unsung hero of the Ute, Ute world? Tell me. Isuzu. Mm-hmm. Well, they were, and then everyone bought them. Yeah, right. And you know what actually, you know what stopped them being the unsung hero? What? And just to just becoming Don't the hold hero? Back. It wasn't that. <laughs> it was Ford oh. fucking up so hard on the Ranger that Mazda didn't want the partnership anymore. Yeah, right. So okay, I didn't know that. Ways, yep. And the new Mazda BT50. With the, the current. Yeah, the, the current one. Sure. Which is. Is an Isuzu. What? It's a D-Max. What the fuck? Why can't Mazda just design it themselves and do it by themselves? Why spend all that money on vehicles they haven't really made true, many true, of? True, 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 true. But I guess, yeah, right, because they're not really in the commercial game, are they, Mazda? They're, they're That's not, the only commercial yeah, vehicle they have. Pretty well. They don't have van. They don't have a van, do they? They used to make vans, like the Ooh, Mazda E two hundred, which, yeah. believe it or not, is it's just a Ford Econo van. Oh, for <laughs> so there's no point for Mazda as a light vehicle manufacturer who yeah. makes hatchbacks and SUVs and stuff. Yeah. To do all of that R&D, to retool completely, make a whole new production line for vehicles that yeah. other people are already producing when you could just go, let's partner. I've got these facilities. Mm. You've got all the expertise. Let's build something. Do you think in the Australian market, we're a bit oversaturated now with utes? Considering like if you would have... ute is the best selling vehicle class in Australia. Yeah. It just, it's, I don't know. Like there's a lot of choice, which is good. For the consumer, but then also there's a lot of choice for the consumer. Like, yeah, but you know, you've got to make is... the decision of what vehicle is the best vehicle. Like, if we were to yeah. go through and name top five off the top of your head, go. Uh, Hilux. Yep. Um, I suppose you could say the 79 series Ute. Sure. That's what that is. What it is. Yep. Um, Isuzu D Max for yep. sure. Obviously, you've got your Ford Ranger. They yep. sell like hotcakes. Um, you've got your Triton. Triton. So that's your five. Yeah. For me, it would be Hilux, Amarok. I forgot about the Amarok. People do. Mm. That's the thing. Amarok's great. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Um, D-Max. Don't mind the LDV. I think they're great. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the mechanic side of things and all that kind of stuff. I think they look fantastic. They were right. Um, you can't go wrong with a 10-year warranty. 10-year warranty. Unlimited no. kilometers. Yeah. What the fuck's going to happen? The other one that is sneaking into the market right now that I personally find more appealing than most... Let's say it together. Sangyong. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say Mahindra. Oh, but Mahindra. Anyway. No, that's just an Indian 79 series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. No, the, the Sangyongs. Yeah, Sangyong. Yep. Um, a Korean company. They've been making cars for a long time now. Yeah. They're sharing a lot of their manufacturing processes, plants, parts with Kia, with Hyundai. Wow, okay. They pretty well all operate in the same precinct. Mm. Um, and they are building fan 
fucking tastic four wheel drives right now. Yep. You've got the Sangyong Rexton, which is the SUV. I hate the name. It's a bit strange. Yeah. Um, but they look good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very reasonable size. They're about the same size as an Isuzu MUX. Yep. Um, they've got a 2.2 litre turbo diesel. They've got an eight speed transmission. And they are so efficient. They're so nice to be in for the price. I think what fifty three, fifty four thousand dollars you can buy just... the top of the range one. But it's so much money though when you think about it, isn't it? Is, it? Like... But compare it to an Everest. True. You're gonna pay twenty thousand dollars plus more. Yeah. For an Everest. I like the, for new... the same functionality. I do really like the new versions of the Everest. Oh, they've always looked good. Um, especially the the I want to say the C. Headlights, how they're just yeah, like shaped like yeah. that. Great. The Great the, the, the PX3, I believe, Ranger had the same front end, and yeah. the PY, the they new just, Ranger. They're a bit Americanized. Oh, they, it's taking big cues from the F150s and F250s over there. But they're very pretty. Yeah. Um, and that's actually a whole other thing as well. Like we now have all the Americanized Utes. I wouldn't even call them Utes. They're just fucking trucks. Trucks. Um, over here as well, they and it's funny that. Um, <laughs> what was the the ad like the Ram ad? I think it was like eats loads for breakfast. eats loads for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> off. Yeah, it's Loser. terrible. Whoever came up with it in Dodge, fix yourself. Yeah, no, no yeah. one wants to eat a load. They would have been better off saying Dodge the daughter, Ram the father. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Oh, because it's just terrible. It's just horrible. I get the idea behind it. Sure, it's got a great payload. But look, honestly, <sighs> it, unless um, unless you're towing a twenty-ton caravan or whatever ton, I don't know. Mm. What's the what's the point? If you're just getting around town, yeah, in an Americanized Ute, yeah, what's no the point? point. If you're utilizing it for taking your kids on a holiday, fan fucking by all means, but, or you know, you've got like a big construction company, correct. you've got big trailers and yep. stuff. You Great. can fit these things out. I think I think they're probably a bit more practical than our. Than our ones that we've got here. Yeah, because our mid-sized Utes are a really awkward size, mm. where they can just tow enough to get yourself into trouble. They can just carry enough yep. to get yourself into trouble, but you can't do both. Yes, because if you're on the beach with a a van, like let's, what's the average size of a van? Three like ton? three ton, three yep. and a half ton, with a dual cab. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Ranger, absolutely on the beach. Probably going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck for sure. But if you've got the Ram or you've got the Chevrolet or the um, what else do they sell? Ram, Chevrolet, yeah, the F150s and stuff that are running around. You know what I am excited for? Sorry to completely go off. Go Tundra. I want the Tundras here. Ooh. I want the Tundras here. They... Bring them Toyota, but please make them a full box chassis. I don't want. I don't want none of this. See chassis American bullshit. We don't have snow here. The chassis yeah. don't rust here. Give us a proper fucking chassis. Right. I don't want... Please explain. Dipstick question. Dipstick question. Go so through. pretty well all of all of the dual cab utes, four wheel drives and shit that have been available here in Australia uh-huh. have had a, a box chassis. So the, the steel frame that runs front to back, yep. the, the body is mounted onto and the engine is bolted into. Uh, it's, it's steel box. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, four walls and it's enclosed. Yes. A lot of these American vehicles, like the Dodge, like the F-150, like the Tundra, have a C chassis. So it's literally that, but with one side gone, with one wall gone. It's just a... For what reason, though? Because 
Toyota's fault, actually. Right. When the Hilux became available in America... America. Fuck it. They were loving these things, using them for everywhere, taking them four-wheel driving, driving them through the snow. Yep. All of that snow was sitting inside the chassis walls... Right, and rusting ...and would rust them completely. Okay, makes sense. So, for their conditions, I can understand why. Yeah. But you can see these things, four-wheel driving, and the whole fucking body starts twisting. It's not meant to do that. Yeah, right. It's not meant to do that. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like not rigid, and they're meant to be rigid. It's a chassis. Right. Um, yeah, Yeah, it's a problem. For me, it's a problem. I would love... A rain, uh, no, an F one fifty. Later, the car, um, yeah. The, um, F, fuck off. The F one fifty, no, the F one fifty Raptor or whatever it is. Yes, that thing, the, the turbo, whatever yeah. it is. Oh Twin turbo V six, three and a half liter, out of the Ford GT. The most obnoxious person driving that around, and I wouldn't care. Jump it every day on Stockton if yep. you can. They're built to <laughs> jump it. They're built to do that. Oh, but. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a good one. Um, I do, I do. It's brought up a lot of debate, a lot of a lot yeah. of talk about it. And I reckon there are going to be so many people that are angry about this. Yeah, right. and I hope you are. Good, no. <laughs> yeah, because I I never thought of the like. Look, I'm not I'm not in the market for a, a Ute at all. Um, if I was to, if someone said, "Do you want a Ute?" I'd go Hilux straight away off the bat. But Hilux, I know that it's through and through. Great. You know what you're you in can't for. break it. Yep. Well, you can break it, but you it's very impossible to break. Yeah. Near impossible. I really enjoyed when Toyota came out with the whole unbreakable Hilux ad campaign yeah give me one yeah I'll fucking show you I can break well, it I reckon we can break it I reckon I can break it just on its roof on yeah. fire <laughs> I've been that I've been there before in a Toyota <laughs> well actually I was going to say this is the first Ute this is the first dual cab Ute that we've, or Ute that we've done yes because we've done the Jumbuck done the Jumbuck what do you, it's a Ute it's a, it's a Ute quote unquote and then yeah. we did the 4Runner which is not a Ute but it's it's a sport utility vehicle sport SUV that's yeah. right well, thank you. Yeah, no, that, that was a really good one. I thought it'd be good, you know. Like I, I know a lot about them. I could talk forever on them. Yeah. Um, it is disappointing that they do have as many issues as they do because, as I said, they've got everything at their disposal mm. to be the best dual cab Ute on the Australian market. Yeah. And arguably they are. Yeah. They well they are. Arguably sales they are. wise they are. Sales wise they've overtaken everything. Um, it's just a shame that Ford. Taken so many good designs from other companies yep. and done Ford things and fucked it up. Found on rubbish dump. What do you do, man? That's it. What do you do? Well, that's another week's episode done and dusted. Thanks, Seth, for bringing that one along. Anytime. Anytime. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, post. I don't know. Yeah. Um, our little, little podcast here. Um, we've got our merch store. Yeah, give us a follow on the uh, on the Instagrams. We've yes. got uh, plenty of reels up on there of yes. our misadventures. Well, speaking of misadventures, we won't speak about it just yet. I saw an email today. Oh. I saw an email today. And oh. We'll talk about it after the podcast. Oh. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, I'm excited now. Mm. Okay. Hold on, listeners. Well, <laughs> that, but also another misadventure one of our friends has had. Oh, big misadventure. And this person will be coming on the podcast. We'll oh, speak to be. him last night. Cool. Yes. To talk, talk about this misadventure. Wait for a future episode. Yeah. There might, there might be, if we get permission, some photos. Watch this space. Watch this space. Well, thank you. Yeah. Cheers, thanks, legends. Hooroo. Tripping up. Oh,